I have a present. It's called In Search of Tracks Podcast. And I'm Pete. I'm Bob. How you doing, Pete? <laughs> I'm good. Um, I, I, I want to admit something to you, Bob. Oh, okay. I went to a concert the other day. You did? I did. Guess who I saw? Mm. Ah, jeez. Um, was it... Huh, I don't know. Who was it? It was a little band called Tool. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. (laughs) How was it? It was fucking great. Okay. It was Um, great. Um, And I have a funny story that made me think of the podcast. Please. I was standing next to a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. This friend of mine was um, on some mind-altering substances, and uh, he turns to me after a, like, 13-minute song as it ends and just goes, that was amazing. Who is this music for? <laughs> <laughs> He's got that tracks podcast energy right there. I, love I know it. for sure. Who is this music for Wow. All and right. I was like, yeah, that's a great question. Um, but I had a great time. Wow. They were great. So where was that? It was at the Prudential center in Newark. Oh, how was, how was the pro? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. The the kind of the sight lines for a bigger venue, it's it's pretty good overall, okay. but it never sounds great. Yeah, I don't think it was designed for. I like. I really think they were like, "Hey, let's let's make a hockey arena," and it was like, "Oh right, we got to do other things here too." Sometimes, oh, damn. Yeah, no, it always sounds muddy and like yeah. like I've only been to a few shows there, but I saw. The Misfits there, which was maybe the worst sounding show I've ever been to. That's what I heard. Um, and then Tool are a band that like you need to hear the dynamics and everything, right? And it's yeah, and it 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 did the job just fine, but I like it. It still felt pretty muddy. So yeah, <clears throat> weird weird energy. Well, um, you know, today we're touching on a record that. Um, I guess, like, <laughs> if they did one show, yeah. Now this band's done reunions, but if they had been like, "Hey, we're just going to do a one-show reunion," yep. Think they could have filled the Prudential Center? Oh yeah, one show, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, we're doing this one, and that's it, never again. Absolutely. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's let's give a little love and shine to the band Jawbreaker as we talk about their record, Dear You, today. I'm excited for this one, particularly to hear what you have to say. Um, oh, yeah, Because I have, I have no idea what you think about this band. Um, oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. So, uh, yeah, if you're unfamiliar, they were a Bay Area punk band. They are, actually, that's not true. They met at NYU um, and right. then moved to LA and then kind of became a San Francisco Bay area band kind of later oh. on or mid career. But, um, they're around from 1986 to 1996 and then they broke up. And then I believe they reformed around 2017. That sounds right. Um, initially for, um, riot fest and then did a larger kind of reunion tour that I think they're still on. And, Maybe around the time you're hearing this, I think they're on their Dear You anniversary tour. So, um, pretty active reunion band, although there hasn't been been a reunion record. Um, yeah. Kind of 
firmly in the punk pop punk Bay Area punk scene um, and sound very much like it. And yeah, what else is there to say? Blake Schwarzenbach, the singer, went on to do a band called Jets to Brazil mm-hmm. um, that you might be a fan of. Not mm-hmm. you, but audience, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. What else? Am I missing anything, Bob? No. Um, the record, Dear You, that we're doing is seen kind of as a... Uh, it's a it's the monument record for them. It's the record for the band now, I, I think. Um, so I would, I, I would say it's probably split. I would say you think I, th- I kind of think so. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't hour. know. I'm not, I'm not in touch, but I think 24 hour revenge therapy is, is like the record for, for a lot of people. And it 20 years ago, it, it certainly was 20 years ago. It certainly um, was. I think dear you has eclipsed it. But, okay. But that's a, it's an interesting part of this conversation because Dear You was certainly polarizing at the time because there's a, a bit of a sonic shift. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I mean, that's being generous. Yeah, it, it sounds <laughs> almost completely different. Um, since we're talking about Dear You, why don't you talk about 24-Hour Revenge Therapy just for a second? So if you're familiar with um, early Green Day, if you're familiar with bands like Crimp Shrine, um, yep. any, anything that came out of that Bay Area. Bay like, Area, like, Gilman Street punk thing that was going yeah, on. Yeah, early 90s scene, Operation Ivy, stuff like that. Um, that's closer to what 24-Hour Revenge Therapy sounds like. Although, to be fair, it, it kind of sounds separate and apart from all of that. Um, the, the song structures are a bit more technical. The lyrics, I think, um, surpass a lot of those bands um, just in their kind of like competency. Um, so there, there, there was a lot to grab onto on that record. And I, I understand why a lot of people really did grab onto it at the time and still to this day. Um, but yeah, to your point, this record came out, um, I believe the year after or two years after, um, one year after revenge therapy yeah, came out yeah. in 94. This came out in 95. So, um, a lot of, a lot happened in that switch. Um, one of which was, um, Blake Schwarzenbach, the singer had some polyps removed from his throat, um, which literally kind of changed the way that he sings. He used to have a much rougher voice. And in this record, it, 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 it feels like he's singing as opposed to kind of borderline yelling on a lot of it. Um, I think that was a switch for people and something to get used to. And then aside from that, I mean, it's just, it's really just production. I think 24 hour revenge therapy, um, bivouac unfun, all of the records that jawbreaker did before this record sounded along the lines of what I mentioned. Um, like early green day, it was, it kind of had this punk production feel. Yeah. And this is really slick comparatively. Um, oh. And and so sonically, we'll talk about it because I think there's some really interesting things to discuss. Um, before we get into it, I, I do want to say this because you brought up uh, Blake's um, surgery and how that affected the way he sang. Mm-hmm. Um, his vocals, I, I think it has to be said, there's some affectation on the vocals. And they were there on... 24-hour revenge therapy, and they're there on Dear You. They're more pronounced on Dear You, maybe. Mm. Um, 
less so as you get to Jets to Brazil, I think, which is some production choices. But in discussing it, <clears throat> it's so it's not British, right? So when you hear this, like, oh, Bay Area punk band, whatever, and then affectation on vocals, like, it's this guy's not trying to have a Cockney accent. Let me be really clear <laughs> about that. But there's a little bit of this weird, like, oh, are you, you're you're intentionally trying to do like a, a little snotty thing with your voice, and it's it's weird. And and the only other big reference point I can point to is that I hear this on Social Distortion. <laughs> Okay. Um, specifically their their nineteen ninety album, which I think is self titled. But um oh no, it's not, but it, I think it's that. But but you also catch it on Green Day, you catch it on you know, I think Crim Shrine has a little bit of it as well. I need to say it puts me out. <laughs> like it really is tough for me. I was gonna, I was going to ask, do you like that, Bob? Because it it sounded like you were hinting at the fact that you didn't. No, I want to be really <laughs> upfront about it um, because it it really like it impacts the way I hear the words on that he's singing, and it, it to my ear it sounds unnatural at times. Okay. To many people, it's one of their favorite things about the band. <laughs> so I'm trying to say this as my like caveat as I discuss it and kind of some of that stuff. But um, it's really interesting. I don't like when I listen. I don't think it's anything to do with with the change due to the 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 surgery because I actually feel more intensely about it on 24 hour revenge therapy. Okay. Um, because of the sound and everything, and by dear you, there's a change there, but he's still kind of still tr- doing that style a little bit. And let me say this: if you've never heard the record, listen, and you'll you'll hear what I'm saying. This affectation, it's not, it's not. Uh, you haven't really commented if you feel it or not either. So, so please put in. But it's not like it's hitting you in the face. But a case, it's it's like you're not caught in a rainstorm, mm-hmm. but it's overcast, and you occasionally get a few drops in your head, and you, you look around, you're like, is it raining? And then you look around, and you're like, not really, but it's, it feels like it's raining, and you get sure. a couple drops. You know, that's how, that's how the vocals hit me. So do you feel that affectation in the vocals? So I, I, I'm thinking through what you referenced. You know, you referenced Social Distortion, Green Day, Crim Shrine. Um, and I kind of get it, but I it's guess like I'll you're s- trying to sing in a punk voice. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Um, but I'm trying to think like, what's the, the common denominator between these guys? And I, I can't, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I'll say it never bothered me. Um, no, I think, I think most people, a lot of people enjoy the vocals on these records a pretty significant amount, like really like it. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. I, I don't I don't particularly love his voice, um, but I will say that there were certain times in my life and, you know, still to this day, like, I've listened to Jawbreaker a lot over the years, and I like a lot of his lyrics. 
which superior yeah which i think which i think plays into that um but then i think of i think of a band like green day i i'm just kind of firmly not a social distortion fan but yes, but yes. green green day um i love green day i've liked them since i was a kid yep yep and but the vocals are kind of secondary to me you know i never really thought mm-hmm. about the pronunciation or how he or his cadence or anything like that yep um i just kind of like the band and never really thought much about it i guess so i would say it's pronunciation um kind of clipped yeah clipped words you know yep um there there were parts in this record actually that on having not listened to it in a while i was like ah, oh, this like there there's a song we'll get to that i really like yeah but 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 listening to it i was like man i could i could totally see how this song would be so annoying to certain people <laughs> So, um, so I think actually that being said, I think if I'm thinking about specific songs on this record, I totally get what you mean. Okay. Okay. So good. We've, we've addressed that. That's one of my big things I want to address. Um, I have two other big things I want to address before we really start pulling this record apart. Um, do you have anything and we'll do kind of back and forth? I, I, I mean, I just like to go through, um, your kind of history with this band, if you have any. Okay. Uh, heard 24 hour revenge therapy at some point in the late nineties did not connect. Okay. Heard the song box car. Okay. <laughs> Wanted to throw the <laughs> stereo through the front window of any shop I was in. <laughs> um wanted to erase its existence from music amazing <laughs> the uh what is it the what's the one two three f- you're not punk and i'm telling everyone yeah one two three four who's punk who's and punk what's the, what's the score, score? Yeah. yo like bing <laughs> you know like check please check please <laughs> like i'm out seinfeld meme hands <laughs> in the air i'm out 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 oh that's great Jets to Brazil, Orange Rhyming Dictionary. Straight up incredible record that I love. Wow. All right. Love Capital L. Cool. Dear You. We'll get to it. Um, But I (laughs) I was never a jawbreaker. Like it never connected. Um, Gave it a few shots really kind of over the years. Looked at it. Um, Always thought they fell in this weird place. Like they're associated they're like oh man let, let me just read this because this is um jawbreaker is an american punk rock band from 86 to 96 and again since 2017 band is considered to be influential to the 90s emo and punk genre okay i've also seen them listed as pop punk i guess there's moments where you could call them pop punk mm-hmm. certainly you can call them a punk band I, I have no qualm with that at all calling them an emo band feels feels odd in the context of the time. If we want to go back and retroactively throw them in there, sure, whatever. That's fine because the, the term has gotten so broad. Where would I genreify this? A, a post-hardcore certainly is a catch-all. Mm-hmm. 
Yo, this is a Dear You is a small room alt record. True. Just flat out, full stop. I don't disagree with you. Um, 24 Hour Revenge Therapy, uh, punk, pop punk-ish, you know, that, that bay punk, I think is a good, like, that lookout sound. There, you still feel that kind of reverberating through it. Um, not not like it's locked there, but like if I was to group it, I'd kind of put it over there. Um, yeah. Um, but it feels weird to talk about them as this thing that I just, dear you is really something else. Um, I mean, they were touring with Foo Fighters at the time. They toured in Nirvana, you know, I mean. And it makes perfect sense that they were, you know, like you can feel that all over the record. Um, which will bring me to my third point. The small remote is kind of what I was saying for it. One of the two, two of the three things I really want to get to. Um, what was your, your personal experience with, with Jawbreaker? I heard them um, maybe senior year in high school, I believe. And. Yo, had, to be f- full transparency. Yeah. I'm sort of surprised you hadn't heard them earlier. Yeah. I just, I somehow missed them. Yeah. I, I, I or, mean, I, or I just did not care. Like, like yeah. someone could have paid me, played me boxcar, and I was like, Nope. And then just kept it moving. Okay. Um, so you heard them probably senior year. Cause I, cause I vividly remember hearing 24 hour revenge therapy as an album first. Yeah. Which I think is why they weren't as off putting because the first song on that is called boat on a hill. And I think it's a great song. And having heard that and then i think boxcar is song two or three yep i was like all right this is like just some jokey punk song on to the next one and i as an album i remember really liking it and then uh-huh. i kind of went in from there but had i heard boxcar on it so if someone was like hey listen to this band jawbreaker and just put that song on i probably never would have gone back <laughs> You know, I, I'm with you. I would have thrown the stereo out the window. I, I can't even explain. Like, so let me just pause and say a reason. Look, it, it had this weird kind of playful, like, energy around it. It is sort of a silly song, right? I mean, it's um, a play on the punk scene. It's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's tongue fine. in cheek, kind of making fun of the punk scene, like like how punk are you, and like how how silly all of the you're politics punk, of like. And I'm telling everyone, yeah, dude, it's just how silly say, all of those say politics you're not are. Punk in that voice, and that's the affectation. Yeah. You're not punk, and I'm telling everyone, like <laughs> the fuck out of here. Um, um, and like you can pull it out, and it's. Yo, I'm all about criticism, especially in genre. This song is like douche chills to me. It just, it just uh, rip my like full on like musical fatality, Mortal Kombat style. Put this song on, <laughs> rip my skull and and spinal cord out of my head. Oh, I love it. it. That, I that's, love that's it. That's the. The equivalent of this, like oh, we got to do like we got to do an episode on song on Mortal Kombat fatality, fatality songs. Song? Yeah, <laughs> this is one of them. This song comes on too many times, and I'm just like, well, I just listen to the radio now, and that's all. <laughs> I don't talk about music or think about music. Yep. Um, so uh, oh, that's great. <laughs> so, anyways, um, 
that said, I, I really, you know, like it, it balances out my, I, I really think Orange Rhyming Dictionary, uh, which is the Jets of Brazil record. I think it's the first one um, comes out yep. on Jade Tree Records in 98 um, after Jawbreaker breaks up. I didn't know it was that soon after, actually. I never thought about that. It's like two, three years later. Um, yeah. It's more like squarely post-hardcore indie-ish, Jade Tree indie punk kind of thing. But like with some, I don't know. It just is, it, it's just, oh, okay. And we're going to get to this. Um <laughs> So I think Orange Rhyming Dictionary is a literal is is Blake like flexing as a lyricist. I think he's found his voice very strongly here. I think it's excellent. Um, I think everything he does vocally on this record is just dead on. He he nails it. Pete, I, you're not a sports guy, you know? No, not in any way. But you know the difference in basketball between a slam dunk and a layup, right? Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of moments on Dear You where it is an open fast break. It's just jawbreaker, has the ball, no defenders near them, and they're running to the hoop. The whole crowd is on their feet like, yeah, Mm -hmm. thinking this is going to be like a 360 dunk. It's going to like, you know, reverse. He's going to tomahawk. It's going to be awesome he they but they then do a gentle layup (laughs) and that is a lot of moments on dear you whereas on orange rhyming dictionary i think they slam dunk the ball in a lot of those spots so interesting um, i think it's a straight up fantastic record that we should do much later down the line um (laughs) yeah we gotta we gotta wait a little while yeah it does not get one tenth of the love that I think Dear You gets. I mean, at this point, I feel like Jets of Brazil are completely out of the conversation. Yeah I, th- yeah. I think they were in the conversation because it's like, what is Blake Schwarzenbach doing musically? And, and at this point, yeah. Um, it's interesting how that stuff changes over time. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to finish up real quick. So, so heard 24 hour, liked it, went in, yes. listened to, listened to unfun, did not like it really in any way. Um, I've never been a huge fan of kind of the Crimp Shrine ish. Like, just I, I like Green Day. I like early Green Day. I like uh, some of that stuff of that scene, but like it gets to a certain point of just kind of like, like messy punk vibe that just doesn't do anything for me. Um, I get why people like it, but unfun to me is just like. I really, I feel like they found their sound at Bivouac and I kind of start there. True. Okay. Um, so I like Bivouac. I like 24 hour dear. You really hit me and I listen to it a lot. Um, and there are certain songs on here that I've probably listened to a million times, you know, like I've just, I've, I, I, I really had a moment with this record in particular. Um, and that being said, I have not gone back to it all that frequently over the years. I think I hmm. went back to it when they originally reunited. They played Brooklyn. I went um, and, you know, kind of revisited some of their stuff. So so it was fun. But um, 
yeah, we'll 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 talk through it as we go through the the track by track. Very good. Um, <clears throat> the last thing, and we're going to get there on this record, <sighs> Pete. <clears throat> how big of a deal were Nirvana in the early nineties? The biggest deal. The biggest deal. How many bands were being <laughs> dubbed either the next Nirvana or wanted to be? quote unquote the next nirvana <laughs> i mean every band every band many bands i love uh i think we've talked about them a little bit here but i, I love the post-hardcore band quicksand they had a lot of that Ooh, this is going to be the next nirvana um you know literally one of my favorite records one of my favorite bands they were never going to be the next nirvana yeah um, but there's a lot of bands so I'm introducing what's called the next Nirvana effect, <laughs> which is this kind of theory that in the early 90s, and it doesn't start like years after Cobain's passing. It starts right after Nevermind hits, really. Mm-hmm. Basically, from like 92 on, guitar bands um, from the underground started taking some pretty big swings whether they were peers or directly influenced by Nirvana, I think there were bands who were like, well, let's give it a shot. Dear You, no question to me, is a uh, next Nirvana impact record. I think this was... I don't, I'm not going to say they changed their sound for that. I actually think if you follow... You know, you listen to twenty four hour revenge therapy into Dear You. There's some there's some through threads. You can connect the two. Mm-hmm. But then if you connect Dear You to what he does what Blake goes on to do with Jets to Brazil, that's your trajectory. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's he he didn't go back and go, oh, I'm gonna do a s- slappity silly punk band again. <laughs> like, yeah. He was heading out into this kind of alt indie post sphere. I have no doubt if Jawbreaker had done another record after Dear You, it wouldn't have been Jets to Brazil, but it would have been more in that direction than in the 24-hour revenge therapy direction. For sure. So. For sure. I mean, I, I think there were some very intentional changes made on Dear You in particular. Yes. Um, but I but I think, you know, there would have been intentional changes on the next record too. So yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And Does, I think, yeah. no, so go ahead. This dear you have go for it energy. Yeah. Yep. And that's yeah. what I want to say is that 100%. You catch that and that was for better and for worse in the that time frame. The next yeah. Nirvana thing was real and you can see it on all these underground records. Some hit how many hit, how many miss, you know? It, it just that's what happened. Yeah, the hit rate is not high. Not um, high, but there's some and there's some where it was like <clears throat> this didn't work but it was interesting and that does count for something even if it was motivated by this, yo, Nirvana just became the largest band in the world. Holy yeah. shit. You know? Well, yeah. And I, I guess I should, I should, I should say by hit, like hit rate, I'm defining by like commercial being, success. Yeah. yeah. Being yeah, a yeah, success. Yeah. But like, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of these records, dear you quicksand, you know, everything we're talking about, mm-hmm. those records have gone on to be incredibly important for a lot of different reasons to a lot of different people over the years. But like, commercially yeah they didn't do great which no, is fine you know i mean yo here, here's the thing you just you talked about going to see the band tool 
Yeah. Do I think Tool sounds like Nirvana? No. But Undertow comes out in 1993 on a big label. <clears throat> I have a feeling there was some, hey, what's going to be the next thing that led to a <laughs> band like them? You know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, Green Day got that throw, shot because Nirvana had opened up, you know? No, exactly. You throw everything at the wall and some of it's going to stick. Some of it's going to stick and some of it's going to get some attention. Some of it's going to get a push. Like, if you don't think that the Warp Tour doesn't, the Warp Tour would exist without Nirvana, you're wrong. Like, yeah. all that stuff is because there was this huge push behind, like, whoa, holy crap. We just saw this angry underground guitar band become the biggest thing. We need to find the next one of those. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the only thing to say just before we jump in is Please. since, since we're comparing Nirvana, especially it's like, I do think that they like spiritually jawbreaker are a little more similar to Nirvana, just in the respect that they did come from this kind of, uh, intentionally underground scene. hundred percent. And, 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 and you something can tell, like tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas like a band like tool is probably thinking to themselves, like we're going to be a big band and that's the goal. Whereas band like jawbreaker a band like Nirvana starts. And the idea is to just kind of be this like punk band, you know, rock band, whatever, but not necessarily like be top of the pops. That's right. Um, and jawbreaker kind of notoriously got a lot of flacked, uh, flack for the for the decision that they made to sign to, D, to DGC. Yep. I think Geffen. it was like a million yep. or Geffen, yeah, uh, million dollar contract, and um, it was a, it was a whole thing. It's referenced in the lyrics, and then there's kind of these stories that you hear about where they were pl- playing to crowds where you know they'd play songs from Dear You, and the crowd would literally turn their backs on them, um, yep. kind of in unison. So it's it it was it was an actual thing. That's kind of hard to imagine in 2022. Yeah, kind of. I'm I'm really glad that it's hard to imagine in 2022, honestly. Um, but but it was a thing, and it 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 kind of followed them for for years and years. Yeah, totally, totally wild. So, um, Pete, let's dive in to Dear You. Let's do it. Save your generation. Yo, good opener. Yeah, I think it's a great opener. Uh, big guitars to open. Um, but what they do, and this is where I go, they didn't get the dunk. It's a layup. It builds to a floor drop. You know, it's like uh, like not a trap door. We get some trap door moments on this record. Okay. But where it's like, oh, like if you're walking in a house and then there's an unexpected step down, it's like, oh, okay. Now I'm a little lower. Um that kind of big guitar should lead to this more spectacular pop. Yeah. Don't get it. Okay. And that is the layup instead of the dunk that we get 
over and over on this record. Um, it's close, right, but I'm, it doesn't totally hit. I think it's a really good song. I like the drive of it. Don't love the chorus. I actually think the chorus, and this is repeated a few times on this record, the chorus feels like this safe zone for them where it's mm. like, oh, instead of doing this really big chorus, we're going to go to this kind of thing that feels more more in line with what we had done before. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I get that. There, there definitely is not... They don't get very flashy on this record in any way, and they there's don't only get... a few moments. I, I will get to them, but they don't like. There's <clears> these <throat> hints in some of the guitar sound, and you can catch it in the production, mm-hmm. and some of these big riffs that are like, you know, that that fits right between Nirvana and Foo Fighters. Yeah, you know, it's like there's a natural sound there. Um, but then you just don't get the big like this is going to be on the radio chorus. No, there's there's none of that. I I think you bring up an interesting point, and I I think that's I was always listening to this. I mean, particularly when I first started listening to it as a kid, it's like I wasn't thinking about it in terms of this being an alt record. Yep. But when you put it through that lens, that's that's a really really great point. Like there there's a reason that this record didn't hit commercially, and it's because they they never there weren't those big choruses. They just weren't going for it like that. Yeah, and like I'll be real it feels like half-stepping. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, you, okay. you hear these guitar riffs, and it feels like half-stepping to stuff that bands like Third Eye Blind went full bore. The, the first full bore, Foo, yeah. The Foo Fighter record, you know? Like, yo, listen to the first Foo Fighter record. It's pretty aggressive, but he goes for it with those choruses. You yeah. know, like, that was actually an activity I didn't get to, which I would have liked to, was listen. I haven't listened to the first Foo Fighters record in a long time. But that would I, be a fun one to revisit, honestly, for the podcast. I agree. Um, but I remember listening to it a lot when it came out. Like I bought it new, was like being on it. Same. Yo, it, it he he had those kind of like big room tendencies then you know like you know obviously you see it on the the second foo fighters record but like even on the self-titled like you just get it like he's he's going for it in a way that jawbreaker never does even though they flirt with it with the production and some of the riffing they definitely flirt with it and i i think that like i really i i'm I'm sorry the layup instead of a dunk comparison Yo, when that happens in an arena, everyone goes, oh, like there's <laughs> not, it's not elation. It's not like a, a gentle golf clap. It's, it's the closest thing you can get to a boo when someone actually makes a basket. Like everybody was excited for what you did. We're going to do and you didn't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Shoulders dropped hanging. Like, <laughs> why didn't you do it? Like you literally watch teammates go like hands in the air, like, what are you doing? Why didn't you dunk that? You know, man. Yeah. That's that's how I felt a lot of ways on this record. That's interesting. I, I, I really, I really, really like that take because it's just like, I've never approached it from that, that angle, but that totally makes sense. I, I think for me, like I always thought of this record as it was already such a big jump that from, from what they'd done previously, in my opinion, Mm -hmm that had they jumped into like huge choruses, it I, I think it would have felt really forced. So to me, this feels like kind of a more natural mm-hmm. um, progression from what they were doing. And I think that 
for me as like as someone who heard 24 hour first yep it makes sense and i like it a lot but to your point for someone trying to go for it commercially it's just they're they're they they went far but they did not go far enough so that's right and and i think that's why it's kind of landed where it has where it has this cult status because it it has these elements and like flirtation with big songs and and like it's catchy all over the place in different spots but then they hedge the bet so um yeah yeah. so anyways let's let's keep it moving yeah i mean last thing on this i mean i just think and we're going to come back to this but i think lyrically he blake schwarzenbach is kind of great he's a great 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 lyricist i think i mean this is a song i think about not committing suicide um but it's kind of presented in this in this really interesting way where it's like passing these open windows survival never goes out of style if you can't learn to love it you just might like it like it's i th- i think it's as someone who <clears throat> was historically very depressed for most of my life i like hear this song and i'm like wow yeah interesting interesting way to kind of phrase all this stuff so yeah Yeah, there's so i said i genius lyricist um moments of pure genius on this record also moments where it's a bit too self-indulgent but this is a really strong point absolutely absolutely yeah he definitely gets there but 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 i mean you know and then I think he finds this balance with Orange Rhyming Dictionary where it's like, oh, you, you reached your pinnacle. Not, But for most people, Deer used the pinnacle and they're like, you're a psycho for saying that about Orange Rhyming Dictionary. So, I mean, so and I, I have I have a lot of good things to say about Perfecting Loneliness, the last Jesse Brazil record. So yeah, mm, but I, I feel you. I, I do feel like lyrically and musically, he kind of surpassed this in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, but yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Uh, I love you so much. It's killing both of us. Um, this song is fine. It this song to me, like I, I'm going to come back to this, and we've mm-hmm. already hinted at it. But it's but it's just like I think there's a lot of guilt here, the same way that there was guilt for Nirvana, mm-hmm. where it's like like we're going for the commercial thing, but we can't go too hard, and we has to we have to still hint at the fact that we're punk. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 this song kind of has a lot of that energy to me where it's like it's just kind of like a tighter darker version of what they were doing historically like you can this is one of the songs on the record that you can tell that they came from punk in a way yeah um yeah no i, I totally feel that yeah so so rather than like the alt vibe there's the punk vibe right so um it's cool i again i like i like the lyrics for the most part but it's not one of my favorites yeah, I, I actually um, think the chorus delivers much better here than it did in the first song. Um, quick moving driver. I, I said this feels like shifting lanes at high speed energy for a record like this. Yeah. Uh, and the bridge is great. It's it's catchy. Um, I think it's a good song and, and feels well formed for it. And it's... It's not what's going to make this band... You know, it's not what's going to be like, it's not, it's clearly not going to be the biggest song on this record. However, I feel like this is a better bridge to the old material than a few tracks later, which feel like obvious nods to their, their prior material. Um, so sure. I, I actually, I'm, I'm with this song. I mean, I, the chorus, if you can't be the life of the party, you'll be the death of everyone. All I want is a life without parties. I mean, that's, it's a great 
line. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you there's a person with a all I want is a life oh. without parties tattoo or something. Oh, you know? I, I'm sure of it. Yes. Yeah. Fireman. So this was actually the single. Um, it's fine. Um, it's honestly like probably one of my least favorites on the record, which is interesting because it was the single. Um, Yo, so this one, this is the song. So there's parts here. There's an attempt at a big chorus yeah. that is not given any of the necessary d- drama to make it totally shine as a like <laughs> single, as a pop, no. hit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yo, why didn't you just hold it on that part right there? Like, where's the pause? Like, why, why didn't you hold that? Like, I found myself producing this record as I was listening to it for this listen. Um, because I, I listened to it probably this one I gave five ish, maybe a few more because I really wanted to pull apart because this is a record so many people love and I'm not in the same place with it. Yeah. Yo, this record's littered with great parts and good songs and then little things that like, Oh, this is the, if you tweak this, tweak this. And all of a sudden people love this. Um, what's the chorus on this song? If you could hear the dreams I've had, my yeah, dear, yeah. they would give you nightmares, nightmares for right. a week. Right, yeah. right, right. And and like there's just like great line, great line. You know, the if you could hear the dreams I've had, my dear, they would give you nightmares for a week. Yeah. It, they just don't live it, give it the room it needs to. There's a funny part on this song where it's a very careful vocal cadence to be rhythmic, but not rapping through some of the <laughs> verses because there's a real fun pitter pat, but he, I think there's a intentionality like, Ooh, I better be careful because <laughs> <laughs> the sound would not go well. If all of a sudden it's like dreamed I was an astronaut, I shot you down like a juggernaut. Like, it's like, Oh no, 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 no. I don't want to go there. You know? Um, but he kind of has a few of those parts on this song that I, I pulled um, because typically <laughs> he doesn't get there with his vocal cadence and on this track he did. Yeah. This song is fine and I see the potential, but like uh, as a wise man once said, the A&R man said he don't hear a single. Yeah. I mean, there's no single, but like I actually, I really like the outro Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's this epic build at the end that I really like. But yeah. So, next song Accident Prone. So this is the hit. You think this is a hit? I mean, I I, I think it is a hit. This I think is, it's a great song. Cut yeah. the last minute of the song. 
Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. This is an all time song for me, like all time Jawbreaker song. Okay, great. That's, and I love I, it. it I, lo- I love it too much to even be objective about it. Okay, like, so I, I've I've heard this song a billion times, and it's just like it 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 was very important for me at a certain point in my life, right? Okay. So like as a depressed kid, it like scratched the fucking itch. Okay. So so, so yeah. Let me go in and you can feel yeah. feel uh, good about it because no, go. objectively, this is genre defining. Like where the like whatever you want to call it, post pop punk, indie, emo, whatever the fuck you want to call it world goes from here accident prone is in some of the dna yeah. um it's a really well put together song really well put together it's not the song that's going to make rock radio in 1995 <laughs> but this is a this is a song that you can like if you like green day or if you like yola tango and anything in between sure um it's a it's a just a genre defining genre making song you know i think that there's tons of bands who came after this who would say like no no that's like one of the songs that i would cite you know um as not just the best john drawbreaker song but one of my favorite songs ever so not one of mine personally i think it's a really good song though and and (laughs) i don't i don't have any personal connection to it i just can say yeah it's a great track like yeah un, almost undeniable track if you like guitar music that that was recorded after 1990 yeah i mean on the darker end of the spectrum but yeah i For mean sure. it's 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 uh it's there's great dynamics in it it's uh i don't know i'm i'm all about it okay good. that's all uh, i can say tell me about chemistry the next track so chemistry um I love the chorus. Yes. I think the chorus is super catchy. Um, honestly, having not listened to this in a while, I kind of forgot about this song. Mm-hmm. But when it came on, I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, good song. But that's that's kind of how I feel about a lot of songs on this record. Not to give too much away, but it's like yeah. a lot of these songs come on and I'm like, yeah, cool. Good song. Um, right. But I don't. Which- like, I don't feel strong about it, you know, which is kind of a negative thing in a way. Yeah, I think this one's rocking. It's got a little bit of a bounce to it, despite being mid-tempo. Um, yeah. It's catchy. I, I found this one to be catchy and quickly memorable um, and was an easy listen on every listen. And I didn't yeah. find myself qualming with it. So, yeah. It's always easy. You're not turning it off, but it's like it's 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 one of those things where you have a record when when you have a record that has too many of these songs. Yeah, it becomes problem problematic, right? So yeah, oyster, um, oyster. So this is one. It's one of the catchier songs in the album. Okay. Um, that being said, I don't love this song and I particularly don't love the oyster metaphor. I just feel like it like no. lyrically it doesn't land well. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, so <laughs> Met- metaphorically, this song gets all kinds of fucked up if you ask me. So I think he, he nails his weird like uh, ocean reference with, with sea and enemy on uh, Orange Rhyming <laughs> Dictionary. I think he nails it right there. Sure. Um, this one is 
fine. It's it loses me a bit. I got to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I actually find it to be. It doesn't bang like accident prone does, and it just lacks the charm of even chemistry. I think chemistry has a little bit of a charm, and this song's sort of in that mold. But I just, it's, it's a just there song, and not, not that it's bad, but it's a yeah, this is fine. See, and that's I feel not what I want. Yeah, I I feel you, but I I do feel like the chorus in this is bigger than a oh, lot of courses see, like know. like like i i feel like this could have been a single at least an attempted single like more than <sighs> fireman yeah maybe i mean yo i see the potential in fireman they just did it wrong I, I sure i think they just did it wrong that that first line on the chorus of fireman is a line you know and they just didn't nail it right um like with a chorus like the world is an oyster locked in a shell, you like the taste of it, but can't take the smell. Like you're going to have to do some like detachable penis level. hijinks <laughs> with the song to make that like uh, a buzz bin. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to think, I mean, the nineties are not great for lyrics in general. And I feel like, I feel like I'm sure I could find examples of, Songs that are lyrically Worse? so offensive. Oh, I mean, but yeah, like, 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 look, 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 look. We're being stark on this because this is a record you. There's a part of you that, lo- like, you just said, yeah, like, you, yeah. you love, like, L. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying, like, this isn't mine. Orange Rhyming Dictionary is the one I love, but like, I, I can find some stuff on here. So we're we're kind of picking the nit. This is a totally fine song, but um, the next song, Million. Uh, same same as oyster doesn't doesn't connect to me yeah i mean again like like and here's the thing you have to understand while i was listening to this i can almost recite every lyric on this record i've listened to it so many times wow. like i i really you went had, through a like, thing with this, I, huh? I had a yeah i had a history with this record i really listened to it a lot at a certain point um and you know again i saw him live i was really psyched to see like accident prone play, played live and all these songs that I never thought would I'd get to see, but it's it's just one of those things where now I listen back to it and I'm like, man, this is not a super strong record. And a lot of these songs, I I I would listen to them because I was listening to the record, and I yeah. would sing along to them, yep. and they became important to me for whatever reason. But like listening back to it with this kind of like uh like more focused um in this more focused way yeah man i mean a lot of these songs just they're fine Man. they're fine okay <laughs> all right so i'm gonna it's get tough. to it's 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 but it's one of my favorite things about this podcast is like doing stuff like yeah, this i get it all right so i want to bring up the next song lurker 2 dark sun of night I would like to As I think I ought to 
though, the worst thing about this song is the fucking title. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, I've always hated the title of this song. Some Nirvana big room riffs. Maybe the most aggressive they get on this record. And I think it's high energy. Um, they aren't hedging on this song, and I really like it. Interesting. Yeah, big takeaway. Um, I think this is a sleeper song on this record because the name sucks. I think lyrically, does it connect? It's not one of my favorites lyrically. No, I don't think it does. Like, it's I, kind I of just like this messy funny. take on like depression or yeah, like having, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the the, the yeah the. The, at least he got cul-de-sac in there, you know, um, nuns, dark habit. I like that line, but musically, I think they went for it on this one. I was like, this is where whoever was in the studio with them after that Millie advance finally brought like, fine. We'll use the big riffs on this song. Fine. You know? <laughs> um, and I think it hits, um, at least on this listen through, like coming off of chemistry, which I think, you know, I think it's like accident prone. Oh shit. Then chemistry, it's like, okay. And then we're on this little, like we're on the downside with oyster and then million lurker comes on. I'm like, Oh, all right. My ears perked just cause it was something different. So, okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. Cool. Jet black. All right. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who love this song. I'm one of them. <sighs> okay. A lot of sad boy energy on this song. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of sad boy energy on this record, man. I, know. I mean, this is this, this one. Is a, this, this, is a, this record is dark. <sighs> Was there it's a not bad a feel music good video record. for this? Like it should have like the, at the, I don't think so. Jet black. Like, <laughs> like this is, uh, if someone wants to be, when my eternal love, please put this song over the South park, goth kids dancing, please, please, please. Um, that would be great. So what I liked, I think we've talked about it on here before, the quiet, loud effect that uh-huh. some songs will do where it's like, quiet, quiet, quiet. Now it's loud. Yeah. That's not this. But I'm saying that. They so want it to be. This is an attempt at a quiet, loud song where it's doing all these quiet things, but kind of at a loud volume. Um, doesn't totally hit. Um this one in the chorus, the the I am jet black. Like, yo, again, another example, like Fireman, where it's like, yo, this chorus could be even bigger than it is. Where's that snap? Where's the pause on that chorus? And it's weird not to do that. It's like an odd sensibility to have such like a, a momentous, like build momentum. We're there. <laughs> Lay up. Like sure, it just if if I was in the a touring musician with these guys, I'd be like, "Yo, but like we all stop our guitars at that part, right?" And then we go back in, right? Like we all pause yeah, and tr- go. You try to make it more hooky. Yeah, like it's right there. It's. I mean, I think it could be, but again, I I just. I, I don't know that they were going for it. They went for it, but they didn't, they, they weren't halfway, going to man. it. They, to they, that they had extent. those moments. Yeah. They had those moments. And I think it was like, it, it's the push pull. I think there's that, you can feel that tension here between what they do on the record and what they were comfortable with. And in those moments you catch it. And sometimes that can be really charming. And in other times I'm like, Oh, 
it just isn't as satisfying as it could be. Um, but I get it because of where they were coming from it being like, is that too big? You yeah. know? Um, and I get those qualms. Uh, I just think it negatively impacts. I think the song's fine. I think it's like maybe the most overly dramatic on the record. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing I was going to say, like hearing this as like a teen being really into it for me now listening to it, I'm like, this is a little heavy handed, like on the nose. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's a bit much. Sure. Um, but, but at the time I was like, yeah, man, this song is awesome. And I still listen when they played it a few years ago and I saw, it, I was stoked, okay. but like, yeah, it's, I, I feel a little differently about it here. Um, like that if, being a, if, said, if, if we started a band and I brought lyrics that were, I am jet black, I'm stone yeah, cold, would, jet black would, to the center. Funny be, like a funeral. I need yeah, you to bury I, me. Yeah, I might. I might. Uh, you might intervene. I think I might take issue with it. But yeah. like, but like, yo, we're saying this, and also in the same breath, saying Blake, genius lyricist. Yeah, I and and actually, like lyrically, I I don't think this is like this is certainly not the strongest moment on the record. <sighs> I think there. I, I think there are lines on this though. Like There's this lines. is the cure, the same as the symptom. Break to keep fixing. I don't like, scratch, I, so I, I won't itch. Great line. Great. Yeah, line. like like there he there are lines all over the place, but um, yeah, as a song, I again I'm too close to it to even be objective. But that being said, it it hasn't aged particularly well for me, and I think that I think you're you're looking at it through this lens that makes sense certainly, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but, but I think we also have to consider like maybe that wasn't, maybe the goal wasn't to be the biggest band in the world. The so goal the band was just who was, like, who had signed to, to Geffen and who was touring with Nirvana and the Foo Fighters. They weren't trying to be big. No, not, not, not trying to be big, <laughs> not, but, but, but not trying to be like smash mouth, you know, like I think there, there are bands that like, so obviously go for it yes that it ends up being a joke well and i think right. I, I think i think they were like so 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 cautious about not yes even coming close to that yeah that, I mean, that, that i that i think they kind of like like did themselves a disservice by yes. not having bigger courses that, that 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 is the exact right read i think that there was a and you know what? We probably could do some deeper dive homework and see some more commentary about this. I'm sure there's some really, really, from what I understand, uh, Blake has been very open in talking about a lot of this stuff. Um, but I, I think that that apprehension is both a positive reflection on where they were coming from, a positive reflection on their desire for the music and like the integrity behind what they were writing, but then also kind of a half pull where it's like, look, if you're going to pull this trigger, you know, um, you know, um, uh, what's the pull the trigger squeeze. Don't, you know, uh, uh, don't pull squeeze that will ensure a kill. You know what I mean? So, Uh Um, that's just a no effects quote in the middle of this Bay Area okay. punk conversation. Okay. Um, so I uh, missed that one. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> is that was from the decline or something? Yeah, it is. Um, okay. <laughs> so I um I don't get to the decline. Oh, it's so much better than everything except punk and drug. All right. How so, anyways, you? um, yeah, I think that 
there's those moments, you know, and then Jet Black certainly is one of them. It's yeah, it's it's one of them. Uh, let's talk about a song that isn't bad Um, this is late Jawbreaker doing early Jawbreaker. It's like, yes, the lyrics are cute. It's like, it's fine. Um, it doesn't fit the vibe of the record at all, which is nope. my biggest problem with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's who cares about the song. Irreverence. Um, yeah. Kind of the much more like, this is where I actually would say, like I, I made the social D vocal comparison. I'd say there's some social D in the guitar here. Um, as soon as these lyrics get sloppy and kind of like silly, uh, I'm out. I was out. out. Yeah, I mean, and especially coming out of Jet Black, it's like a particularly bad transition. Good, thank you. I didn't think of that. Yes, it's a bit jarring. Yes. Um, the one thing I, I, I sorry, no, before please, we jump please. into the next one, I just I want to say too, um, the um talking about blake schwarzenbach before reminded me like from what i read apparently he was particularly difficult to deal with during these recording sessions too and i think i have to imagine i haven't read interviews but i have to imagine that he has kind of come to terms with a lot a lot of that stuff at this point but like apparently the band laid down the tracks he then went in did the vocals did you know overdubbed guitars did all of that stuff and he was by himself. So it wasn't really like a band effort. Um, the band didn't really want to join him for a lot of the sessions because he was just such a nightmare. And I think, um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, he seemed to have have had a vision at the time. And I think given that commercially it didn't work out at all, how he planned, I have to imagine that he thinks to himself now, like, maybe I should have done it differently, involved the band. Maybe I, my vocals should have been less forthcoming. Maybe, you mm. know, maybe things should have been mixed differently and all of this. So it's, it's interesting in that respect where it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a time piece. Right. And I'm sure that yeah. like these guys all learned a lot through from it and stuff. So well, and I, I think there is such a posthumous love for it. I think that time forgave them for this like crime against the Bay area punk scene. Right. I mean, clearly I think they played Gilman. So yeah, well, and I think dear, you just, I I mean more like, you know, holistically, like I, I think that people now look back at this record and go, no, this is great. And I do see that it's different, but it's not like some sellout record because I don't think it is. I I, I don't think it is either. Yeah. I think even if they had done a few of the bigger choruses or done little, these you know things and been a little more dramatic i think it wouldn't have been i think it would have been honest to what they wanted to do um including songs like the bad scene everyone's fault that i have literally no time for yeah um this doesn't feel like a betrayal of a fan base record no no and i, I think don't think it so. was treated like that as you mentioned like the turning their backs kind of thing so um sort of unfortunate to think about that but I think everybody's good. I think that Riot Fest um, 
guarantee probably probably made things a lot better probably felt felt fine you know um yeah. and everyone and everyone forgives them for it now for some reason sluttering yeah. may 4th um so i have a complicated i have complicated feelings on this one this is maybe my favorite song on the record whoa okay because i like really 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 loved it at a certain point in my life mm-hmm. um the that being said like just the title doesn't age all that well. Sure, um, sure, sure. A lot of the lyrics don't age all that well, but like, I love. <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> I love the chorus a lot. Um, yeah. Slow dance, slow dance alone with no one to the sound of four hands clapping. Yeah. Um, this is a story you won't tell. The kids will never have. Like, I mean, there there are lines all over this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is actually the song that I was referencing when I said that the cadence could be super annoying to people. Mm. Um, where it's like, bap, 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 bap. like, it's yep, just, yep. it's, it's really kind of, uh, like tight the way that he sings. And I could see that being super annoying. Um, that being said, like this song really hit me at a certain time. I have a real fondness for it and listening to it is just kind of this nostalgic thing for me. So I like it a lot, but I also like, completely see the other side of it and i could see how people would like hate this song so yeah that's how i feel yeah i don't hate this song i don't hate this song even a little bit i think it's a good song i think it brings us back to the energy of the record which was not there on bad scene everyone's fault um yeah it's good certainly don't have any resonance with lyrical content a little bit of who hurt you vibes on here. Like if Blake didn't just go through it, he either had a really good memory or you just felt things very deeply because this is some real like, damn bro. Like you just came out of a bad relationship, huh? Yeah. Um, Well, that's exactly it. I mean, it's just like, it's like if you're like recently got like cheated on. Yeah. You're going through it. Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like that's so, it's a real deal. So yeah, there's some darkness on this one. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good song. Not my favorite on the record, uh, but it's a good song. Basilica. Basilica. Um, this is a heavy song. Um, probably yeah. heavier than they get on most yeah. of the record. Yeah. Um, would have been maybe like a near perfect closer i think Ooh, interesting call but it's not the closer it's not the closer um really heavy subject matter lots of like church imagery yep um i think he was going to the mission dolores church a lot at the time actually Mm. from what i read um it just sounds like he's going through it you know i mean it sounds like he's going through it in a lot of these songs but but this one like i think the only thing is Overall, I like the song, but there's this kind of drawn out ending where it takes this really heavy turn. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel like it needs to be there at all. Mm, Interesting. I'm I'm so used to it and I've heard it so many times that like, you know, I'm just okay with it. It felt a little bit out of place on the record. It feels completely out of place on the record. I always felt that it felt out of place on the record. So yes, because it does. Yeah. This is where they go for it. This is posty, 
it's more of like a post hardcore song than the melodic. It, it's heavier a little bit. Yeah. They do dunk the ball in terms of intensity and drama on this. Like it, it dunks the ball on this song. Yeah. 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 But it, it, it drags, it doesn't drag, but it, it goes on. It outstays its welcome a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's almost six minutes long or it is six minutes long. Jesus. Um, but it's it it's hard and it's intense. I actually I like it, but knowing your love for the record, it also makes sense to me. It really tracks that it's like, oh, this you know one of these things is not like the others. This song does stand out, like it is yeah. the hardest song on the record. So um, yeah, I, I think it's a good song. Does it fit the flow? Kind of not, um, and it's sort of interesting because I think the production feels really big here. Mm-hmm. And and the track fits it so. Yeah. Okay. Last the closer. Song. Unlisted track. To be so above it all, or so they would have you think. I think no one thinks at all. You might show some interest. Your world looks good enough to eat. I see the ghost of a better world living in your disbelief and ghosts. Now everyone tells me they're crazy. Crazy people aren't so fucking boring. Wake me when you're through being cool cause I'm snoring and hoping to see you beside yourself. Um, I'm out on the incense line. <laughs> Look, there's only one band who Isn't I really want. Is that the wanna, first line? <laughs> there's only one band who I want to think about incense with from the early '90s and into another because we're about to have a séance. Um, no, <laughs> so I'm excited to hear what you think of this because you're the closer. This is not a big closer. This to me echoes of the closers, the like weird oddball closers. I think Stone Temple Pilots did one. A few other like alternative bands do them where it's like, oh, is this silly? Or it's like a weird kind of acoustic track. And it's like, I actually think this is a fine closer. Um, It's sort of this weird marriage between the serious dark side of the record. And then there's this lighter history Mm -hmm. sound. Not that it has the lighter history, but they're doing this kind of acoustic thing. There's these haunting elements halfway through. Uh, I think around the part with the plainclothes police that I, I really, I actually vibed on. Yeah. It's not a great song. It's fine. Um, as a closer, not the best. It works, but it's it works in the throwaway closer style, which isn't to say it's a great closer. Yeah. Um, I have really mixed feelings on this because um, I think certain parts, like you're saying, there's like this really vibey kind of middle part that I actually like a lot. Yes. But the cute, punky kind of turn of phrase parts, I really, really, really dislike. (laughs) Yes. Um, Although I should say that Blake Schwarzenbach is particularly good at those. Um, That being said, like, I don't know. I I wish they closed with Basilica and, and this was not the closing track. Um, It would have been like a fine, like b-side or something but that being said i have seen and 
I'd love for people to hit us up and tell me other examples of this because I only know what I know, but I I've heard plenty of punk punk adjacent pop punk records since this record that have done this. So in that respect, I, I think this kind of became like this pop punk trope where you do the record and then you finish it off with like an acoustic vibe. Yep. That's kind of cute for better or worse. Um, I know that alkaline trio did it. I know that a lot of other bands did it. Um, sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's horrible, but it's never great. So I don't, I don't know that it's like a, the best decision, but I don't know. That being said, whatever, it's it's fine. I mean, I would cut it. So, <laughs> yo, but there are parts of it that I really like. You know, I mean, there are parts of it that I think could have fit into better songs. Yes, you yeah. know, and yeah, that, no, that's, that's always that, something. You that's know? the thing about it. Like, it's not a complete throwaway. No, 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 no. It, and as we've kind of we reiterate, like lyrically, there's lines all over this, like people could take lines off this record and build out entire songs because the line itself is so clever. Yeah. Um, so, and it's just like a line after a line after a line of that level of material here. So it's pretty impressive. Pete, you have such a relationship with this record. It really feels like a relationship. Like you're going through it, talking about it. Because it was a activity. tough one for me, man. Yeah. Because oh, like, man. I, I, I just, uh, I'm realizing there are, songs here that i love and even the songs that i love i i don't know it's like it's it's just the time and a place thing right and i wonder about how much of the emotional resonance and connection like yo the songs you connect with here are pretty dark so sometimes when you're not in that space you look back and you're like yeah that's a great song but i don't know if i need to sit in that energy you know yeah exactly so i'm with it let's uh let's do our ratings where we go through several factors score them out of that and then come with our up with our composite score i'm feeling really good so cool first thing let's do the holistic quality like overall like quality of this record um out of 20 so i gave it a 14 out of 20 i think it's i think it's good a uh, lot to say for it as we've gone through but not not my favorite and sonically doesn't totally connect with me all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think overall I'm going to give this a 15. Okay. Highs out of 10. The highest points on this record, the best songs and how how bestie are they? Okay. So, I mean for me personally, yep. I have to say that it hit a 10. Okay. I think you should. Um, I think it should because of how personally connected. Yeah. Are, are you going to change? You want to leave it there? Do you have no? Any uh, no, I'm. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. I'm just like we've we've been talking a lot about kind of commercially and like what no, they were going I, I for it, here. But but this is a personal rating, so yes. I'm going to give it a ten. A six out of ten for me. I think um, accident prone. Um, save your generation. Um. Basilica, maybe lurker, you know, uh, six out of okay. ten. Okay, cool. The lows, so stuff that leaves you lacking. I mean, this record gets low. That's the thing. I'm gonna give it a two when it comes to lows because, dude. I mean, bad scene, everyone's fault. I have no time for that song. <laughs> Um, and then like, just given how much like 
monotone like yep, just, fineness there yep, is. Fineness, monotone, fine. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good line. Um, you arrived at the same. Uh, yep, I'm at two. Okay. I thought about because I I try not like if it's if it's mid I want to say it's mid. There's a there's there's some mid on this record, folks. Um, yeah. But there's also some some low, which is which is low. Competency peer review. So how well it's played, how well it's put together, and how it compares or stands up to its peers. This is out of ten. So how it compares to its peers, I mean, I feel like they were kind of doing something different from their peers, at least the peers that they kind of had come from. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um they were doing they were trying to do something similar to the peers or their they aspired to be peers with different with a different world and worlds. I, and yeah. I think it's worth noting that when we look back it's a bit recontextualized as to who their peers are and who they're grouped with. Right. So I, I yes. factored all that in. I, I kind of considered all of it with my score. Um, for me, it's a five out of 10. Absolutely okay. competent. Yeah. It's not the record I reach for when it comes to this artist. And it's not the record I reach for from this. I, I like, I like Sam. I am more. I like built to spill more. I mm-hmm. like, you know, um, I, I like quicksand. I like, and when it comes to, uh, to be honest, there's stuff that's not like it's not fair for me to compare Farside to Jawbreaker, but I reach for Farside more than I reach for Jawbreaker. Um, sure. So, yeah, but that stuff's very much in the same lane as far as I'm concerned. I think yeah. so. I think so. it's in the same general boat. Like if this was a cruise, uh, these guys would be on the same floor. Uh, yeah, at least at boat. least this album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Okay. Drag factor out of 10. The lower, the more it drags. It doesn't totally drag to me. I gave it a six out of 10 because there's just, there's um there's a lumpy midsection uh, yeah, where it's yeah. a little draggy after I pass chemistry and then the back end has varying, uh, uh, varying outcomes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think this, the flow is like, or actually, I don't think I don't think that it drags in any real respect, aside from like a few moments. So I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Okay. Flow. So this is how well it, it moves from song to song, how well it rolls. Um, I think it flows pretty well. I think it flows. I give it an eight out of ten because I think it does move from song to song pretty well. I might be giving it a little bit too high a score because that back end. Yeah, I was gonna say that, that's, that's <sighs> yeah, strong. It's it's getting dropped down for me. I'm gonna do a live <laughs> drop. It's dropping down to, I think up to million. I didn't even mention the line, the last line on million, the the million kisses or whatever it is. Yeah, this uh, this uh, check please. They offered me a million bucks. All I want is a million fucks. Check please. I'm out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh yeah um f- the flow got dropped to a six out of ten <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, i'm gonna give it a six i mean i i feel like it it's the mono man like it just it's it just because it flows doesn't mean that it's good if it's if it's if it's like kind of 
quasi forgettable songs going into like somewhat forgettable songs yeah. right so yes. i don't know. That's, yeah. that's a good point all right um aesthetic how the record looks album cover all that uh for me it's an eight out of ten um, okay. positives um the picture of a burrow uh positive jawbreaker band name logo looks good actually like yeah. it like the kind of like slightly um you know Almost looks hand done. Probably could have been like, you know, uh, rub on letters kind of style. Looks good. The Dear You in typewriter font to a lot of people it is kind of iconic. Doesn't do a ton for me. I don't love the textured kind of like cover. Is it a photo album style thing? I guess maybe. Yeah, I feel like it's supposed to look like a journal or something. Yeah, I'm fine with it. It's still an 8 out of 10. I, I, the, the Burrow, I love Burrows and I like the logo enough that it, it's it puts it over and it is a bit of an iconic look so yeah i i like the cover um that being said like i i don't know it doesn't it's not particularly striking to me in any way i think it's just i've spent so much time with it yep. um i do like i do like the band photo on the back cover yeah it just it feels so uncomfortable to me <laughs> um which right. which kind which kind of like is like in a way it, 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 it encapsulates the kind of feel of the record. So I'm going to give it a seven for aesthetic. Okay, good. I also, uh, like the pale blue they use. I think it, it's kind of a fun. Yeah. Fun, I like that fun too. Blue. Um, yeah, the back cover, if no one ever picked up on this, we did an X to grind podcast photo and it, it's almost has this vibe. We, I, I wish I had a basketball dude. See, they got the basketball. Why were you not dunking the ball, dude? Come on. Yeah. Um, the next one impact influence out of 10. Yo, uh, I gave it an eight out of 10. I think it was a pretty big deal. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on. Let me correct myself. I give it an eight out of 10. If we had done this podcast, uh, in the year 2000, it would have been like a four out of 10. Um, the impact and influence of this record has grown to the point where I think it's pretty, a pretty big deal. And there's bands who use it as a template for their sound and almost scenes that use it as a sound as like one of the like pillars of what they say. Oh, what do you, what do your band sound like? Oh, like, you know, jawbreaker, Sam I am Sam I am yeah like, yeah like, yeah you know hum, like all this stuff you know and so I, I give it an 8 out of 10 I think 8 sounds right yeah I mean I I think but it's just so funny how if if we had had this conversation 20 years ago this is like a, it's a different thing yep. you know I mean I remember distinctly people saying yeah Jawbreaker are great but like you can skip to your you isn't that wild right yeah it's right? crazy so here we are and the intangible etc Pete, as you can hear in the way I've talked about it, I don't have a ton of the intangible. Yeah. Um, and I, I, am, I, I gave it honest listens around the same time as I gave honest listens for the very first time to uh, Jets of Brazil. Mm. And I picked, I, I made a choice and I f- feel like I was right. So um, it's a four out of 10 for me. Okay. Almost no personal resonance. Sure. I mean, I'm going to give it a seven on the intangibles. Um, oh, okay. Just because uh, there's there was like a spirit to this band. I think most of it has to do with the lyric li- with Blake's lyrics. Um, there's something that 
was going on with them that was I think different from their peers. Yeah. Um, and and that obviously kind of resonated across generations. So so yeah, I don't know. All right. It's, so uh, and and I picked up on it at least. So no question. Uh, so uh, my total, I came out of out to a sixty. 60 out of 100. I, I feel pretty good about it. 6.0. Pete, where did you come out to? Are you, are you tabulating? Yeah, I'm sorry. Give me one That's sec. Okay. Do, 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 do. And we got to, we'll have dramatic music inserted right here. <laughs> it's a tough one. I think it's, it's an interesting, I'm very curious to see where your score ends up. I think 67. Do you feel like that's accurate? I feel so like six, I feel like it's accurate for right now. I think there might be a Pete in your past who would be like, "You gave this a six point seven? What? Oh yeah. Oh dude, there's there's a Pete in my past that's like, dude, it's an obvious ten, but but that Pete was not like thinking rationally about all of this. So <laughs> that Pete um, didn't do a uh, uh, a sit down breakdown of this record by listening to it a bunch and like microfiche analyzing it. No, I mean, but, but I mean, the reality is like, I always felt like this was an inconsistent record. Like I knew that it wasn't, there's a reason that it didn't hit. And there's a reason that people kind of shied away from it. Um, but it was so dark and I was like, I resonated with that darkness so much yeah. at the time that it really like it hit, it scratched the itch for me. Um, but, but yeah, I mean that it honestly has not aged particularly well in that respect. So. It's interesting. You had, it's interesting. You, you had a six point oh. Six point oh. I feel like yeah. it's like dead on for it. Um, and that's honestly stronger than I thought you would give it. Oh yeah. What I were was, your thoughts? I was, what I was were just, you thinking? I was just taking wild guesses. I mean, like I I knew that like the pop punk leaning stuff you don't have much of an affinity for. Yeah. But that being said, I guess I hadn't considered this as an alt record. Which and, is and funny, I'm, and and I like alt a lot. And you like, yeah, exactly. And like, I'm a, and, I'm kind of a hard judge on the things I like, and I yeah. feel like this is something trying to be alt, and I could just hear it written all over it. And there's moments where they hit, and there's some like uh, there's parts like, but there's an element of this record where. So I, I briefly I worked for a few years in in like classic cars and. Uh, there were cars, there were, what are they, like rat rats, and there were like street rods where there were like a bunch of miscellaneous parts assembled and kind of a mismatch. Some people loved it. Other people are like, yo, you're, why are you wasting that tailpipe? Like, <laughs> you should be using that tailpipe on an original, like, on, uh, like, and, and put it, you know, like, take this Frankenstein apart, you know? And that's how I feel a little bit about Dear You is I'm like, I see all these good parts and uh, there's a puzzle element to it where I'm like, man, what went wrong? What happened? But then I pull back and go, yo, there's a lot of people who just like undying love for it. So they must have done something right. Yeah. And Pete, as far as you and the darkness that you had, the dark love you had for this record, I got some thoughts on that. But before we go, where can people find us on Instagram and Twitter? Find us at TraxPod. And they can send us really beautiful, short, long, or in the middle emails to? TraxPod at gmail.com. What, how many stars do we like on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and all that? Only five. Only five. Thank you. 
real quick, Bob, I have a question. Please. Are you adding this to your personal collection? Oh, we didn't do that. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> not under any circumstances. If someone gave me one, I would. <laughs> I mean, no, you know what? Cool. Honestly, no, that's, that's no, you fair. Know what? It's, no, it's just, it's because fun, if someone fun, gave me this, I would give yeah. it to somebody who likes it a lot more. Like I have friends and close friends. Interesting, yeah. Who love this record. And I just, it's just, it doesn't, it, I'm not no, going to be cruel you. and say it doesn't matter to me, but I don't need to own it. Yeah, it's that that's that's cool. I, again, I I think that that makes perfect sense to me. For me, it's it's a total time and a place thing. Like yeah. if you, if you didn't catch it, it's there's nothing there for you. Um, time and a place, Pete. You know what yeah. they say. Even if you are not ready for the day, it cannot always be night. Into my 